0: I'm an American!
1: Welcome. You are listening to the Loving Liberty Network, and this is the Liberty Mom Show. Liberty Moms are the original Secretaries of Defense. We are the real defenders of the home front, and we are there when it comes to defending our families and our communities. And I am your host today, Delaine England, and I am so excited and so happy to have Liberty Mom Holly McClure with us again. I I just have to say I feel it such an honor to consider Holly, one of my friends. She is an amazing lady. She is just, I mean, you should be so jealous. (laughs) She is such an amazing person. And I've just really gotten to know her on this Liberty Front. And she is really great. And I'm really pleased that she would agree to be with us today. We are going to be talking about tests to Stay. The reason I invited Holly is because No one knows more in the entire state of Utah about test to stay and about how unconstitutional and unlawful test to stay is because Holly McClure literally put her life and her livelihood, her fortune and her sacred honor on the line for every single person and every student in the state of Utah who does not want to test to stay. And frankly, for everyone who even does. So what we mean by test to stay is if you want to go to public school, you have to be tested for COVID in order to stay at school. And if you're not willing to stay in to to be tested, then they're either telling you you have to leave or they're using serious ostracization techniques. So Holly, tell us about what happened when you this was back in, I guess, last year. In February, when they started implementing test to stay in your school district, which is in Utah, and you and your husband said, excuse me? (laughs) We did. First of all, thank you so much for that lovely introduction, Delaine. You're so so you You so deserve it. You deserve it.
2: So yes, so test to stay is a concept that came up last year, last school year, so the 2020-21 school year, um, post-COVID or in the middle of COVID, and it started out as a series of health orders issued by the state health department and it was a program that came out of a cdc guideline at that time that existed in 2020 which has since been you know overwritten or who knows where it went to but at that time what it said was they they didn't really they claimed not to understand how covid um, progressed in children that was sort of the fundamental issue even so, though
1: children hardly ever got it, and no children died from it,
2: yes, there was overwhelming evidence that there was they, there was no need to worry about it. But however, the, the claim was they didn't really quite understand, or they were concerned about the child population. And so, the CDC had a guideline in 2020 that said, if you are having a uh, COVID outbreak in your community, you can monitor how it's progressing through the schools by doing sample testing. And it was on the CDC page, 100% voluntary. It was not. 100% of the children, it was just, I don't even know that they, they specified a percentage, but it was sample testing. And so the point of that was not to get to zero COVID. The point was not to stop spread in the schools. The point was to monitor what was happening in the schools. And so the Utah Department of Health um, came up with this test-to-stay program, and it, it initiates when you are, um, when the school actually, now it's based on the school population, when the students... This is actually kind of interesting, but there's a certain number of cases at the school. I believe it's supposed to be in student population. So it's either 2% of the population if you're 1,500 students or more or 30 students if you're 1,500 and less. And so you are required by law to um, initiate a test-to-state program. And the point, again, was to keep school open during an outbreak and monitor so that the health department could determine, like, if the situation's getting out of hand, they could close the schools if they need it. But what happened was even last year, when this first came in in January, um, the kids had been masked all year. They'd had all the, you know, the separation at lunch, the barriers in the classroom. And um, the county that we lived in had been under mask mandate from all starting in summer. So we had been under mask mandate for six months. School had been fully masked. And then by that time, all of Utah had been masked since November. So this was January of 2021. The school came and said, you are going to have to participate. It's required that you participate. If, you're, if you don't give consent for your child to participate, they have to go remote. And my husband and I just said, no, you've, been, you've had all these mitigation measures. They haven't been working. And we have a legal right as parents to direct the healthcare decisions of our children. You cannot use our in-person
1: schooling to coerce us. As well as the educational decisions of your children. Yes. You're constitutionally um, have the right to a public education. And so you're, and that doesn't mean on Zoom, that means an in person education. And you, our children had already been hurt by the education system. Yeah,
2: we were, yeah, lack we, were we were legally enrolled. We were not going to voluntarily go. So they didn't really like that. Um, and we couldn't come to a kind of an agreement before without them. We just couldn't come to an agreement. And so we ended up having to litigate. Um, and what happened when we went back and forth was, so we ended up litigating. We finally filed in March. They went through a series of health orders. Um, one of the health orders even reduced the capacity. They, they came and clarified and said it doesn't need to be 100%. It can be 60%. And then in um, March, SB 107 was signed into law. And it is called the in-person prioritization bill. In-person learning prioritization. So the whole point of the bill was to keep kids in school. And so um, by the time we settled, what we ended up doing was our, our, our defendants were the Utah State Department of Health was the number one defendant, and their counsel was the attorney general. Um, the second defendant was the Utah State Board of Education, Sidney Dixon, and then our local health department and then our local school district. And what everyone agreed to as we were going through this process was, hey, you know, SB 107, says it has explicit actions delineated in the language. What happens if a student tests positive? They have to go quarantine. If a student tests negative, they they may ret- the language is literally they may return to it allows them to learn return to in person learning. There was no language in there about what happens with students who don't have consent. So what was agreed to? And I'm going to read the the language in our motion to dismiss our stipulated motion to dismiss. Everybody agreed. Hey. The kids whose parents don't give them consent can't be denied in-person learning, in short. And so our motion, I'm going to read the whole thing if that's okay with you, says, on March 24th, 2021, Governor Cox signed Senate Bill 107, which superseded the health order 2021-7, identified in the current complaint. Subsequently, the Utah Health Department issued amended health order that contained, quote, local education agency requirements in conformance with Senate Bill 107's provisions. Because the express language of Senate Bill 107, which will control all future health orders on this topic, makes clear that whether a student chooses to submit to a test for COVID-19 is not among the identified criteria for evaluating eligibility to in-person learning and clearly allows a student who refuses to test for COVID-19 to participate in in in-person learning, the parties hereby jointly request the court pursuant to federal rule of civil procedure, blah, 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 to enter the jointly proposed order of dismissal in accordance with the stipulation. So everyone... is hey, very clear, very clearly stated. So we thought, great, this is a big celebration. We let parents know this is like a, this is a, a win. This is a win for everyone. You have test to stay lets the schools stay open during an outbreak. The health department can get information to monitor the outbreak, and you don't have to violate the rights of parents. This is, this is fantastic for everyone. I think you have more than enough people who will volunteer to participate during a test-to-stay event. So here comes this school year, 2021-22, <laughs> and um, test-to-stay comes back at the beginning of the year, several districts. Um, the Utah Department State Department of Health had conflicting guidelines, again, not legally binding, but guidelines on their website in regards to how to deal with this situation. And they said, oh, you know, a student who doesn't get consent to test should stay at home. Well this just caused a lot of confusion for all the they gave conflicting direction to the districts. It wasn't very helpful. And so several districts around the state, I think Davis County at the beginning of the year was under this Cache County South Summit. And there were just a lot of problems, unnecessary problems for parents. And so we used our case and said, hey this this case was um, litigated and here was the outcome. And, and I believe most of those school districts acknowledge the case. Well, here it comes to our school district now this year. So who was a, um, they were a defendant on the case. <laughs> and they told our school population, nope, that case only applied to those, that family, the children in that family. If you don't agree to participate in testing, um, you're going to have to be sent home. And so this caused obviously... A lot of problems and so we went back and said hey where are you getting this direction and some schools would say it would point to the utah department of health website which again doesn't have there's no um legally binding language on there it says should it's a recommendation and then our particular school who was one of the schools in our district who was a defendant said oh we had this letter from the utah health department so i dug up the letter and it was issued on October 15th, 2021, from the Utah Department of Health. And it was addressed to, um, it was like very generic, Dear Local Health Agency, Dear Local Education Agency, LEA is their kind of thing. And I'm going to read you two paragraphs that they said that were included in that letter. After conferring with the department's legal counsel regarding the requirements in Section 53G-9210, so that's the section that SB 107 became, The department has determined that students who do not get tested and therefore do not provide a negative test result must transition to remote learning. Must is binding. They may return to in-person learning after 10 days or as soon as they get a negative test result. Parents have the option to decide whether their child participates in the test-to-stay program. Um, We're going to talk about that sentence too. However, by choosing not to have their child tested, they are opting to keep their child out of school for 10 days. Any result arising out of prior lawsuits addressing Utah Code Section 53G-9-210 is applicable only to the named parties in the cases unless it is a published state court opinion. So two things I really want to point out here. First paragraph, the important sentence is, must transition to remote learning. So basically what the department is doing here is creating a rule. There's, uh, There's kind of an ambiguity in the law about what to do with children whose students don't test. And they're making a rule. Well, they can't do that through a letter. That is not an appropriate rulemaking. There is actually a legal procedure that they have to go through at Section 63G-3. It's called Utah Administrative Rulemaking Act. And there's all kinds of requirements they go through, including publishing the rule, um, having public opinion. And then when it goes through all this process, it gets published in a bulletin. Um, it's like the rules bulletin. I can't remember the exact name. And so I went and I looked at the, this letter was dated October 15th. I went and looked at the October 15th administrative rules bulletin and the November 1st administrative rules bulletin. And in neither place had any rules been issued in, according to test to state. The second paragraph is also um, has some issues in it. So first line, parents have the option to decide whether their child participates in the test to program this was another big problem with schools. It is not an option. The legal language in SB 107 is quite clear. Um, It says something to the effect of, if I can find it here, an LEA is required to obtain consent from the parents for any child under 18 who's going to participate in a test. So it's not like this program that we're opting in or opting out as parents. It's, It's a very deliberate action that is put upon the LEA, which is your school or your district. They must actively obtain your consent. You do not have to write down, hey, I'm opting out. If you don't say anything to them, if they don't actually have your approval, you've opted out. You're you're not providing consent. And then this is my favorite part. So you take a negative action by choosing not to have their child tested. By choosing that, they, says, by choosing not to, have their child tested they parents are opting to keep their child out of school for 10 days so you take this negative action you're just you're taking you're not even actually taking any action you're just not providing consent and that act of just sitting there and not providing consent has now enrolled you in a contract saying yeah i'm going to agree to go remote for 10 days so so you're doing not you're doing nothing as soon as this program comes on somehow puts you in this contract so i found that kind of interesting but Regardless, um, you know, I find it upsetting that Utah Department of State, the State Health Department, they were defendants on our lawsuit. There were discussions about this. It's not as if we came up with this language and just said, hey, everybody sign this. We all discussed and everyone who was a party to this lawsuit agreed this was the way that SB 107 should be interpreted. We obviously have laws all over the books about medical freedom and your right to consent or deny consent. So when when you go to the hospital, you get that or your doctor's office, you'll get your patient's bill of rights. And right on there, it'll say one of your rights is to consent or deny consent to treatment. And so does the health department expect us to believe that our patients' rights only apply when we're in the hospital in the doctor's office, but they don't apply at school? So this is all, it's all very upsetting, and it's caused a lot of problems. And um, I, I can only imagine that it has gotten back to people at the state because there's been families all around that have suffered this and in our own school district our own school district was threatening parents so parents went in and said hey there was this lawsuit you guys were defendants on this and they came back you know and said of course we're not that's not applying to everyone and then they would further they would threaten parents so these parents were saying i've got a right to in-person learning sb 107 doesn't say um it doesn't say what to do with kids who don't have consent to test. And if if the health department's going to make a rule, they have to follow the legal rulemaking process. So I'm going to send my kid to school. And um, our district was threatening people with trespass. They were going to trespass their legally enrolled children who wanted to be in school. They want to be there. So it's just been a disaster. And we were extremely grateful that on Thursday in the morning, House Speaker Wilson was on um, the radio. I can't remember which station it was. I think it was Rod Arquette. KSL, maybe. Okay. Maybe um, both. Yeah, and he came out and said there's a problem with test to stay, but the problem was now it's just absolutely consuming um, test kits. So you're you're testing all these health. So again, these kids- children are healthy and symptom free. There was no- there was no difference between my the kids <laughs> two weeks ago. And last week, except that they hadn't been tested. So it puts in place this horrible paradigm of now suddenly everyone is assumed
1: to be sick until proven healthy. Exactly. Which is completely un-American and completely unconstitutional. We've never done this with anything before. And
2: completely unscientific. I mean, since the 1918 Spanish flu, people have been studying infectious disease for a hundred years. We knew well before 2019, you don't test hordes of, of healthy people. It doesn't, it's, it's, useless. And furthermore, it used to be, I think, if we, can we all remember to two years ago? And <laughs> sometimes I have trouble remembering, but it used to be that you, the only reason you tested, even when you were symptomatic, um, was if your doctor was unclear on which way he wanted to go with treatment. And so maybe if it was just a regular cold, he was going to do one thing. And if it was the flu, he was going to do another. And so it was always intended as a tool to help your doctor treat you. And it has just become the, the climate in our district right now is just awful. And the kids have had this great year so far. And in one week, they have managed to just make it terrible, terrible. So I'm so happy that the um, legislature is looking at suspending this again for the m- mostly, I think, for the burden that it's putting on um, the testing and the fact that this is we're in Omicron now, right? This is just a cold. So there's no reason to do that. Um, exactly. But I hope that I think right now that what they've said is officially it's a pause. So then they came out, Governor Cox came out um, this morning, I think, or late afternoon announced and then I think he had another press conference this morning. I haven't been paying attention as much today to the details, but he's come out and officially said it's a pause and that the legislature is going to look at um, consider whether to sunset this, or I'm not sure if there's other actions they're looking at, but I would urge them to sunset it because I think we don't need it anymore. I think we're, we're now down to Omicron as a cold. Um, but if not, if they choose not to sunset it, I strongly urge every one of them to please just put in some language that was in our um, stipulated motion to dismiss, that the Attorney General's office gave its blessing on, that the um, State Board of Education gave its blessing on, and make it clear, if you don't, for this condition, If you are a student whose parents have not given you consent to test and so you're not going to participate in testing, you cannot be denied in-person learning and put it in there explicitly and just end all this unnecessary turmoil that these poor parents and worse that the children children have gone through. I've heard some pretty atrocious, really reprehensible anecdotal stories of kids being told by their teachers they have to go sit in the corner around these plexiglass because they have somehow magically become dangerous to everyone because they didn't
1: test. Wow, Holly, what an excellent summary. What a really great layout of what happened. So I just want to really quickly review the people. First of all, I want everyone to know, if you want to see the stipulation, which you are going to need, if you do not want to test to stay in school, which I'm imploring everyone to not test your children, If you want to test your children on your own, that is fine. That is your business. But do not comply with testing your children in order to go to school because it is deemed unlawful because it does violate your bill of rights, your health bill of rights. It is Think about what this really means. Just think about the next step to this. We're having to have a card. We're having to have proof test. We're having to... Government is making us make medical decisions and have medical tests in order to circulate and communicate and be out in public and be in a public place like a, a government school. Think about exactly it throughout history when similar things like this have happened, what has been the outcome? I ask you to please consider the Maybe unintended and maybe very intended consequences, but the long-term consequences of this behavior and this decision. And you look at all the things that they have done that are unlawful and that they're skirting, and how they've changed their mind. And that should tell you when you're honest and you're upfront and things are right. You don't have to hide them. You don't have to cheat. You don't have to find covert ways to make things happen. So I invite everyone to do not test your children in order to go to school. If you want to test your children because you want to know, um, that is your business. I respect that wholeheartedly. But the children that don't have any symptoms, we have never in America ever treated people as if they were sick when they have no symptoms of being sick. And we look at the stats, yes, COVID is real. People die. I have family and friends that have died from COVID-19 or at least the treatment or lack thereof of it. And it is a very real disease and it's really taxing and horrible. And it is part of life. Disease and sickness and death has always been part of life. And we have to mitigate the risks, but we have to live. And we know that children getting COVID 19 is still very, very low rate of, they might get it, but their risk of hospitalization or death is extremely low, much lower than getting in a car, getting in a bus, literally going, walking down the street. They have a better chance of, of, Surviving COVID and even in on the in um, any variation of it, than they have of um, living life. Frankly, so I like people to really consider what you're doing to your children and with your children. I am going to put this um, the stipulation motion on my Facebook so that you can go to my Facebook and you can get the stipulation if you want to opt out you will need it. We're going to take a quick break and we'll be right back and I'll tell you where to find that. You are listening to the Loving Liberty Network, and this is the Liberty Moms Show. Liberty Moms are the original Secretaries of Defense. We are the real defenders of the home front. Excuse me. (laughs) And we are there when it comes to defending our families and our communities. And because we're moms, we are doing a lot of different things, and we have our fingers in a lot of different Situations, but we are truly Liberty moms, and it is it is us as mothers that are really making sure that our children and our future generation have the opportunity to grow up in a free, uh, loving, wonderful, very moral society. And we're so happy to have Liberty Mom Holly McClure with us. Holly, you did an excellent job an excellent job explaining what has been happening how we got where we are, and explaining that test to stay is not, it's already been deemed where it's already been a stipulated motion that says that schools cannot require tests to stay. And it's really important for parents to know that. And we must exercise our rights. The, only, the way we lose our rights is by not standing up for them, not employing them. When you let someone take your rights away, you lose them. And it doesn't just affect you. It affects all of us. So I ask everyone to please stand up and do not test to stay in school because it is not a requirement. You do not need to. Don't just do it for your own children. Do it for all children. And that is what Holly did. Holly, at great expense to her and her family, stood up for every one of our rights. And we really appreciate it. Very much so. So what we want to do is we want to leave you with what you can do. Not only do not test to stay, but there are things that you can do as a citizen. Holly, what can people do? Obviously, they can contact their
2: legislators. I think that's a extremely, it's always an extremely important, but in particular right now at this point in time, because um, the, the Speaker of, of the House, the Senate President, and um, Governor Cox have all put out the statement where they have paused the program and again, they they paused that because of the, um, the extreme burden it was putting on the testing supply chain. Because there were so many schools going under test to stay, and you're you're just testing all these healthy kids all the time. And that's a legitimate reason. A lot of these the things that are in these tests are used for other tests, like cancer and tuberculosis, and things that actually are going to hurt people. So, but anyhow, right now what they have said is the program is on pause, which doesn't mean that it will go away. And there are these these problems with it. So. Um, Governor Cox had mentioned that he, he they are passing it to the legislature during this session, which is starting um, next Tuesday, right? Regular session. Um, I didn't hear the details of what if someone's opening the bill again or if they're doing a resolution. I'm not sure how it is, but regardless, I think anyone who's listening to this and thinking, "Yeah, I agree in in concept that the sc- the school no one should be able to hold your other parts of your life hostage to coercing you to participate in any kind of medical procedure, including a test. And in this case, specifically in person school. So I would urge people to write your local representative, the person who the, your house person who represents you, the Senate person who represents you and ask them um, if they're not going to get, if their intention is not to sunset the program, which means it goes away. Sunset means they put a date in the bill that says this is going to expire tomorrow or April 1st or whatever date they put in there. Um, Then that means the bill goes away and the requirements go away and the program goes away. That would be the simplest solution. Um, I don't think this is needed anymore. I think we're, we're through this. Um, But if they insist on keeping it, then people need to insist on that. They put explicit language in there that parents who do not provide consent to have their child participate in a test cannot be denied in person learning. It's a very simple statement.
1: And already in our law in Utah, we already have a law that says that children cannot be ostracized or treated poorly or treated differently, cannot be discriminated against because they didn't test to stay. They don't have to conform in order to be treated like a citizen and, and with the same dignity and respect as every other student. So that is also important to make sure that your children are treated with dignity and respect at school. Um, regardless of whether they choose to test or not to. So in order to find out who your legislator is, you can go to le.utah.gov, G-O-V, L-E for legislature, le.utah.gov. And and then as you scroll down on the right-hand side, it says My Legislators. You click on there, put your address in. It will bring up pictures, phone number, and email addresses of your senator, and your uh, House representative, and that way it makes it really easy for you to contact them, and I would ask every one of us to take the time, take the five minutes it takes, write them. You You do not need to write them a long email or a long text. Make it very short and just ask them, say, please end the test to stay program. They can just say that. You can say do it because it was a violation of our Bill of Rights or Um, it is, it's, it's a, it's a violation of current law. It is not in the best interest of all children. Our children shouldn't have to be exposed to that when they have not been sick or they are not sick or they don't have symptoms. And with this being said, I want to say if our children are sick, I absolutely, if they have any symptoms of anything, they should not be going to school. We govern ourselves. We govern our families. Of course, we would never support sick children in going to school. We don't need a test for that. When we have symptoms and we know we're sick, we shouldn't be out amongst the public. So that is how you find your legislators, and I invite everyone to be sure and do that. And um, it is important because there have been people, children, and parents who have been issued trespassing violations, saying that they're trespassing by going onto school property if they haven't tested to stay in school, if they haven't ha- tested. And that, again... Delane, I'm sorry, I haven't heard of any actually being issued. They
2: have been threatened. They've been threatened with Child Protective Services. They've been threatened with um, trespass issues. But just, just the threat even is yes. ridiculous. Yeah.
1: There, are, there are people have been threatened with the trespassing notice, but not necessarily like you say, for that exact thing, but for many other reasons. Yeah. Okay, so thank you, Holly. You're absolutely wonderful. You're such a great person, a really great mom, and we really appreciate. Please give your family our gratitude, our love and appreciation to them for what you have done and what you have been through, and we thank you humbly. And I just want to remind everybody you can go to Delane Meeks, England. That's D-A-L-A-N-E. England, which will bring up Meeks, England, and um, on my website, on my, excuse me, I don't have a website, on my Facebook page, I will post the stipulation so that you can take that stipulation into the school if you have any pushback about your children not testing to stay, and that should make it very simple, and also you might want to print out SB107 in-person learning. And you can also take that as well for backup. And and then you, sh- you really shouldn't have any problems. And, and right now, it isn't an issue because they did pause it. So they're not, they're not actually doing test to stay anymore. But they could unpause it at any date. And that's why it's really important. We contact our legislators. We let them know how we feel and ask them to please m- make sure that this ends, to put an end to it, to get rid of test to stay once and for all. Thank you, Holly. Thank you. Thanks so much. You're amazing. Thank you so much. Have a great day. You too. All right. We have another wonderful Liberty mom. Her name is Jenny Brown, Dr. Jenny Brown, frankly. And Jenny has been working on another really important topic, and that is our social studies. I'm a history teacher, so I prefer to call it history, but our social studies um, standards for the state of Utah. And Jenny, welcome. Thank you so much for being here.
0: Thank you, Delaine.
1: Thank you. So, tell us about what's happening with our current Utah standards.
0: So, the state standards are rewritten about every seven to ten years, and so we are in a an unusual window of opportunity where the K through six state civic standards are currently being rewritten. And so this entails all of this instruction our elementary children get in our form of government in the constitution declaration of independence as well as american history. Yes, and that is really big.
1: And so what you're basically saying is they're rewriting these which just they do every 7 to 10 years. And so we have an opportunity as citizens and as parents and even grandparents of reviewing these, these new standards, looking them over and seeing if we like them or if we find issues with them. The reason that we constitutionally have this right is because we are absolutely the stakeholders. As parents, we are the stakeholders. It is our job to make sure that what our children is being taught in school is accurate and it's complete and it really does serve to educate our children and giving them an excellent education to prepare them to fulfill their talents and their dreams, their ambitions, and their missions here on earth. And so these standards, now I have to admit, I have reviewed them myself. So I come to this with some definite bias because I have reviewed the standards and I'm most disappointed in them. I find that as a history teacher, I find that these standards, standards are so open they don't really have any parameters to them that a teacher could literally teach anything they want and and really teach nothing at all my biggest concern is that i feel that there isn't really much of a a standard or an expectation to teach the founding documents of this country the declaration the constitution there really isn't much of an expectation so you are basically asking citizens and specifically parents but all citizens to review these standards and give input back to the state school board is that right so
0: yes there's different different things that we are doing and like you said there is definitely an ideology to replace foundational knowledge with more abstract and vague standards And there is an ideology to move away from just basic historical facts about our founding, about our form of government, and about our founding documents. And unfortunately, we are seeing that within these proposed standards. And so my organization, which is Utah Citizens for the Constitution, has really taken up this issue as we can feel so strongly the importance of this. So to just clarify for the listeners, this process is, is not over. So we have the opportunity to still influence the, the final outcome. And so although the the standards have been released, the proposed standards, they will be, undergo another revision and the board will have to, to vote to ad- adopt them permanently. And so this is why we are calling, calling citizens to come together and to help us in this work. And so there are a couple different things that people can do. And I will get into some of the specific concerns in a minute. But... The, the main thing that is probably easiest for listeners is if you text STATES, that's S-T-A-T-E-S to 53445, that's STATES two five three four four five that allows you to sign a petition that will be presented to the state school board. And then in addition to that... It allows my organization to then contact you, thank you for signing the petition, and then reach out to you for further action items, which uh, are going to involve other things. And and we simply just cannot do this without the, the support and the vigilance of many citizens in the community. And so... Deline, do you want me to mention maybe a couple specifics from the standards that will give people an idea of of why we're having some of our concerns? Yes, that would be wonderful. Thank you, Jenny. Okay, so the, the standards do not adhere to law, to our state law. So how this works is the legislature passes laws that then give direction and specific instruction to the state school board. The state school board is not its own branch of government. They are to be subservient and to adhere to the instruction and to the laws that that are set forth by our representatives. And so my organization has put together a report and The first thing that I would want to mention is that there was an audit done, a legislative audit done in the spring of 2021. It was called the the audit of internal governance of the education system. And what these findings were is that the, the instruction from the state board in both our constitutional education and the civic character was not meeting the specific instruction and vision from the state legislature. So this was already determined to be a problem even before these standards came out. So this is an obvious time that this should be corrected. We are asserting as an organization that this discrepancy has not been corrected in the proposed standards. And to, to give you a couple of specific ideas, the the code says that there is supposed to be effective instruction in the United States form of government, a compound constitutional republic. That The term constitutional republic is not found within the standards one time. It is not mentioned. So another law that I'm reading, these are all in in Section uh, 53G10302, found found within in that grouping. But it says there is to be a thorough study of historical documents such as the Declaration of Independence, the United States Constitution, the National Motto, Pledge of Allegiance, National Anthem, Mayflower Compact. The bottom four from the National Motto, Allegiance, Anthem, and Compact those are not found within the standards at all that they're completely void within the standards the the declaration of independence this preeminent document that changed the history of the world that that america would have the audacity to to write a statement that all men are created equal and America had not been formed yet obviously had, had was was not formed yet when Thomas Jefferson wrote those lines but we are the only country that is founded upon an ideal isn't that beautiful yes it is well there is only one bullet point in fifth grade on the declaration of independence only one and then uh, the United States constitution is is a very we're very concerned about the brevity as to which that is that is addressed. There is no mention of the Constitutional Convention of uh, Connecticut Compromise, things like that. And there's no mention of what federalism is, the balance between federal and state powers, what the proper role of government is, which is the protection of individuals' unalienable rights, and that the Constitution's role was to limit the power of the federal government and that the federal government has enumerated powers nothing like that is is uh, directed to be studied and so the other words that the legislature has put forth is that there are to be there is to be loyalty and commitment to constitutional government there is to be just looking through my laws, there is to be um, a continuing understanding of and appreciation of a constitutional republic. And the students are supposed to be able to accept responsibility for preserving and defending the blessings of liberty inherited from prior generations and secured by the Constitution. So the major talking point and idea that we are asking citizens to get behind is is that there needs to be core content taught, that there needs to be yearly information taught on c- civics and on our form of government. And so my organization has go- gone to a great amount of effort to put forth a core content taught every year within the schools, which, with the exception of fifth and sixth grade Um, potentially where things are supposed to be particularly fifth grade, you're really supposed to go into more in depth. So fifth grade should be more in depth. And then if they wanted to return to that core content in, in sixth grade, um, they, you know, they could do that, but we are intentionally repeating content that is to be taught every year because the only way to really learn something and to store it into your long-term memory is there's got to be continual teaching has got to be revisited at least yearly and so that is what we're really asking the citizens to get behind so when we have future action items to actually directly contact the different members of the school board um, that is what we're hoping that we can we can get behind as a citizenry that in order to follow the laws of the legislature and the vision of the legislature There must be core content that it simply cannot be achieved otherwise.
1: Excellent. That is so great, Jenny, your excellent points. And I find you to be absolutely correct. I agree with everything you said. These are very important because as a constitutional republic, our citizens, even adults, do not understand what a republic is. They think we live in a democracy. Every day when I hear the news, I hear someone refer to our form of government as a democracy. And the founders were ever so clear as to why they did not want a democracy. And, of course, if you want to destroy a nation, the best, easiest way, the easiest way to do that is create a democracy Um, because people will just kind of go along with it. It's much easier than even bringing a dictator or a tyrant. People will push back on that, but exactly. creative will always commit suicide. So these are really important. So we invite everyone to to take action. So Jenny, how do they go how does everyone go about giving some input and responding to this?
0: Okay, I think the best thing is just if they will, text states to 53445. It allows them to directly sign the petition that will be presented to the state school board. And then in order to sign the petition, you will put in your contact information. Then we can turn around and Contact you about additional action items so that we can be working together. So I'm going to repeat that again. Text states S T A T E S two five three four four five, and I hope that all the listeners would would consider doing that because it will allow us to to harness the power of the citizens, bring them together through organization. And we'll be able to help us to, to have um, more people helping us with, our, with the action items. Okay, fantastic. So everybody, get out your phones and text the number
1: 53445. When you text that number, you're going to type in states. And then Jen's organization will know that you've actually signed on. You will get the petition.
0: And, and that right will sign you directly onto the petition. Well, by doing that, the, the, the um, information to fill out your contacts will come up. If you fill out that contact information, it will directly have you sign the petition. And then it will allow you to be part of future action items. And you know that's really
1: important, especially right now, because our Utah legislature is about to start. It starts next Tuesday, and this is a time. There are already more than eight hundred bills filed, and I, I was reading through them. I've read the, in several the, several times. I haven't got through all of them yet, but almost every bill is egregious. They're horrible, and we're going to really need people to stand up and step up. And if we unite and we they hear from enough people. These things will be fixed, and we can get really great bills through, and we can stop the bad bills from coming through. Every bill should secure and provide and expand our liberty, and every bill that that encroaches on our liberty needs to be stopped. And so we invite everyone. This is a time to get involved because, really, it is up to us. Jenny, you are amazing. Thank you so much for all the work that you've done. And this, this great work, and I really appreciate it. It is really excellent. And we're so thankful for Liberty Mom Jenny Brown and for Liberty Mom Holly McClure for being with us today. And we just want to remind everyone really, truly, we are the guardians of our liberty. And it is, it is up to us to stand in defense and do something or we will lose our liberty. I hope you have a wonderful day. Thank you so much for being with us.